Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, where every day we're talking Mavs, breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm with Mavs Digital. Joining me today, now that he's back from Orlando where he was giving Boban fishing lessons, is Isaac Harris. Isaac, what type of knowledge did you uh, bequeath upon our beloved seven foot four big man? You know, I just tried. It looked like he had a lot of help. Uh, I think DeLon Wright posted a picture of a uh, of a fish that he had caught earlier. But, you know, it's just you just got to be patient with it. That's the only thing with fishing. You got to set back. Don't rush it. Don't get too discouraged. Down on yourself. Just keep on casting and uh, just be patient and wait for the, the nibbles on the line. DeLon Wright seemed to have much better luck than Bobon. He caught apparently his first fish, according to Instagram, which I think is pretty cool. In his uh, life? Sure. What's that? In his life? I think so. That's I think I mean wow. it might have just been his first one in uh Orlando, but the Bubble Life Twitter account said Delon Wright caught his first fish. So I, I haven't logged on to Instagram today. Uh so I'm not sure whether or not it was his real first one or just his first one always there. Ooh. I'll have to do some investigative work. Uh the Mavs are about to have a press conference here, so maybe you and I can ask Rick about that and get to the bottom of it. Um, but today is not about fishing. Yesterday was all about fishing for the Mavs. Uh, today for us, Isaac, we're, we're looking ahead to the future a little bit here in the next couple months. Um, we're talking about expectations, uh, kind of like realistic expectations, hope, uh, sort of like uh, amoebus concepts, like what would our definition of success be? Uh, what level of performance would kind of make us uh, satisfied or make us even excited about the Mavs season. So this started on Twitter last week. I posted a question. I said, um, curious to hear your thoughts on this. What are your expectations? What level of performance or achievement would be considered a success in your opinion? So that's kind of a broad, open-ended question. And as you can imagine, the responses were varied. I mean, there were people who were just happy that there's basketball back. There are people that expect them maybe to win a first round. Some people say just win a game or two, depending on who you face. Uh, so it, it kind of all sort of varies. But I guess, uh, Isaac, I'll just give you the floor right now. I mean, wh- what what way do you want to take your answer on this as far as expectations or uh, level of success would be kind of considered like a positive in your opinion? Yeah, man, this is such a loaded question and one that I've been kind of battling, battling with ever since they said the league was going to come back. Uh, because I've been in the camp of whatever my expectations were at the beginning of the season, should should you be able to change those as the season goes along? And that's what I've been trying to figure out. Like, what is the right answer to that question? So for me personally, I, they're already there for me. I mean, I think. I mean, I guess they need like one more game. My going into the season, making the playoffs. Like that was that was my thing. That was my. Uh, success bar that I wanted to put at. They won 33 games last year. It was going to be the first season of Luka and KP. And uh, yeah, it was just making the playoffs. And right now they're at 40 wins. And I mean, everybody's talking right now, even in these press conferences, hey, we're all talking about just playoff, you know, playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs. Like, like you've, you've described the uh, scenario, I guess on this podcast, they just need like one win or basically uh, to be in or Memphis, whatever, but they're basically in. So the moment that they're 100% officially playoff bound for me, that's a success at that point. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Now I do think it's fair to recalibrate expectations over the course of the year and I guess we can go in that direction but I want to start 
all the way back media day, like the summer heading into the season. I did a podcast. I want to say, I mean, I'm sure Skin and I did one. Uh, I'm sure you did a million of them locked on Mavs or just around the internet where we all are existing. Back then, you know, the West, like the outlook of this conference was much different. You know, everyone kind of penciled mm-hmm. in the Lakers and the Clippers. They're going to make it, obviously. Denver will be there. Uh, Houston will probably be there. But then there was like a huge bunch of teams that were sort of grouped together in that mid-tier to like basically between 5 and 10 or 11 in the West was all bunched together. You had teams that have fallen off by the wayside a little bit. Teams like Portland, San Antonio, uh, Sacramento was even in there. Of course, New Orleans as well. These were teams that were expected to either make the playoffs or at least compete for a spot. Minnesota, there was even a little bit of optimism for them. Of course, Memphis has outperformed basically everybody's expectations of them, but you had a lot of other teams that kind of underperform. And so I was under the impression that the gap between like six and 11 might be like three or four games. It's kind of turned into that really like eight to 12 is all bunched together. Six and seven have sort of remained above the fray, but I thought that just getting in the playoffs would be very, very difficult to do because there are so many other teams in the West that I expected to flirt with 500 that simply have just not been able to keep up, whether it's, you know, for injury or just kind of aging or underperforming or whatever. Um, the the group of competitive teams, I was expecting it to be eleven or twelve, and really it's only been like seven. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When you th- when you think about it that way, I I was even looking at the past like two years and where the Mavericks, you know, they won twenty four games two years ago, and going into the Luca draft, and I even looked at I was looking at the uh, basically the the teams the top ten teams in that draft in the two thousand eighteen draft, and where they're at right now and honestly I, I did top nine because Philly had the 10th pick that year but they only had it because they got it from like a trade from another team and all this stuff so I didn't include Philly but you look at the top nine in that draft that year and this just shows you I, I think it uh, the success that for them to turn it around this quick going from 24 wins you know a top five pick to land Luka Doncic and then, bam! Three years later, you, there's only there's three of those teams that are going to make the playoffs: in the Mavs, the Grizzlies, and the Magic. And right now, the Grizzlies and Magic they could very well be the eighth seed, and they're they're sitting at 30 and 32 wins. The Mavericks are in a you know a, a notch above both of those teams. They're at 40 wins. It could you know climb up in the standings even more. And that's in a two year span. They went from 24 wins to whatever they land at. And I, I think if we keep that in comparison, or just keep that in our mind of where we're at just two years ago, making the playoffs this year, that's a success. And I think the battle in, in your in my mind is. Can you be disappointed but still classify the season as a success? Can you be disappointed if they go in the first round and get swept? I don't think they'll get swept, but like get swept or win one game. Can you be disappointed and sit back and be like, dang, like I'm disappointed they didn't win, you know, a few more games at least, or maybe depending on who they play, they, you know, win a series or something. But could I still classify it as a success? I, I I do believe so. I think you can do that. I think you could be both of those at the same time. I agree. I agree. And it's it's kind of tough, too, because, you know, in the moment, obviously you want to win every game. But thinking yeah. ahead, big picture, I mean, yeah, getting to the playoffs one year or two years removed from having the third worst record in the NBA is, I mean, that's a success, like, no matter how you look at it. But, of course, you want to win more I mean and and that kind of 
takes us to the next, I guess, segment of this conversation is, you know, the Mavericks right now are the number seven seed in the West. They could potentially climb to, you know, if everything falls perfectly for them, they could climb to as high as fourth this season. But you go back and you look at their schedule. They've had so many losses this season that were games that they maybe felt like they had in the bag but got away from them. You know, that loss to Denver, of course, the loss to, in Toronto was, you know, that was brutal, blowing a 30-point lead. Uh, and then you lost some really frustrating games against uh, kind of below-average competition. There was a really frustrating loss to Chicago, a home loss that they gave away to the Hornets. They lost to the Wizards. They lost to the Knicks twice, of course. Um, they lost in Atlanta in a game that they were they were up big, even though in some of those games, you know, not everybody was playing or whatever. But still, you know, the fact remains, if you want to be a playoff team, these are games that you have to win. But even through all of that, they still won 40 of their first 67 games. And so I guess it's kind of tough to even ask this question because so much has changed throughout the course of the season, again, in terms of injury, but also the way that they performed against good teams versus bad teams. Like, how has your... I guess let me let me frame the question this way. In the NBA season, you're going to play 82 games. The best teams are going to lose 20, 25 times. The really, really good teams are going to lose 30 or 35 times. And so you're going to have a lot of disappointments no matter what. But given like the highs that they achieved with some of their wins, beating the Lakers mm. in L.A., beating Denver in Denver, these are games that happened toward the beginning of the year, beating Houston – in Houston, of course, they beat Milwaukee. You know, they beat Philly twice. They've won a lot of games against a lot of really good teams. And then they've also lost a lot of games against teams that they maybe should have beaten. So how has that sort of roller coaster, I guess, have you been impacted by that? Have you have you gotten really high with the highs? Have you gotten really low with the lows? How has your sort of outlook on this team and the season shifted uh, as the calendar pages turned? Yeah, I've definitely been more encouraged than discouraged. As the seasons went along, I, I, for me, the big wins mean way more to me than the bad losses. And because, I mean, we could go and dissect the schedule and see where back-to-backs are or travel. And, you, you know, it's not like complete write-offs, but at least, you know, a lot of times you know, there's a trend when it comes to schedule stuff. And so, like, yeah, those big wins, those stand out to me a lot. That just shows you that you can play with the best. Yeah, you go and play the Wizards, you know, 10 times. You're probably, as a, as the Mavs, you're probably going to beat them 9 out of 10 times, 8 out of 10 times, something like that. But, and you know that. But going against teams like L.A., going against teams like Milwaukee, and beating Milwaukee without, you know, I don't think Luka played in that game Maybe KP, I can't remember who KP all, did. That was the game he hit two best back-to-back half-court yes, threes. Yes, yes, half-quarters, yes. And, you know, beating those you know, those high-caliber teams, the, those mean a lot. And that, I think that shows you where uh, your duo is. It shows you where uh, the just the team's at and how, ha- how high the ceiling can be for the team. So, yeah, I, I was more discouraged. Than, that's where, I mean, encouraged and discouraged, but that's where I've been, like, battling myself because I've been falling in the, in the trap that – I think maybe some other people are watching, you know, social media. I just got a text you know, a few days ago and they've seen all the bubble life content and Disney are like, man, this team looks so fun. Their team chemistry, like everything just seems so positive around this team, man. Okay. I think we can, I think we can make a run in the playoffs. And I, and it's like, we're all like getting on board with this, but I think it's also a, safe to like keep your expectations there too of, Hey, this isn't going to be the end of the world. If the Mavericks, 
don't win a playoff series or they get put out in round two or whatever it is because it's like, man, this is so – our core is so young. And, like, Luka year two basically. So it's like, man, I, I think almost in a way we're playing with house money a little bit, when, especially if you go in like – if you try to group the teams in the Western Conference by – like urgency right now for the playoffs or the most pressure you know, have a team like LA you know LeBron only has so many we think I mean he could just go forever at this point but LeBron only has so many years at this point they they have to you know for him it's like now or never like we, every year it's like bam I mean even going at Clippers they made this huge trade and basically gave him a two-year window for Kawhi and Paul George and trying to bring them back after those two like their urgency is way up here Dallas has these guys under contract they're all young they're ahead of you know the expectations for so many people to where for me at this point I'm just sitting back enjoying basketball I'm like man whatever there's things I want to happen and I'll be super excited but if it doesn't happen that like we want it to happen I'm I'm down with it at this point in the quote timeline yeah I I, I'm I'm kind of with you there I mean you have the two LA teams the Clippers basically they they traded what like six first round picks or something uh, yeah. to OKC, including swap rights and stuff. I mean, that trade was just insane, and both of these guys could be gone in two years. LeBron is 35 years old. He's one of the 10 oldest players in the NBA, at least was on opening night. Some guys like Jamal Crawford has been signed to go into the bubble, so I think he's older than LeBron. But, I mean, he's LeBron is up there. He's 35 years old. And then you have Houston, Russell Westbrook, yeah. James Harden. I mean, those guys are under contract for a very long time, but I would say there's a lot of urgency for them to figure it out and get going the Mavs are kind of in that sweet spot. I would say alongside maybe like Denver, even though Denver's Denver's a couple years ahead of the Mavs in, in, in sort of like the development curve where they've been to the playoffs yeah. a couple times now. They made it to the second round last season. But those are two teams like the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Uh, both of those teams can't make the playoffs. Only one of them can, but... Even OKC, like OKC's in, in the sweet spot too. Like they have all these young guys. They have Chris Paul and Gallo and those guys, but like nobody expected them to be there to where... If they get swept, nobody's going to, like, okay, it, it makes sense to them. But even, like, Utah, they have some big roster decisions coming up with some, with some of their players and contract stuff and extensions, and they've been put out, you know, here a few times with this core. So I think their urgency is a little bit higher. I think they're probably with, like, Denver and something with that of, hey, they've been there, they've tasted the playoffs a few times. Can they get over the hump and make it to another round? Something like that. But – yeah, I put Dallas in that same category as a Memphis and New Orleans, like you said, and OKC that, hey, man, like we have such young players. We're just building on this at this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, uh, what I guess let's let, uh, you're laughing at this point. This well, I don't want to. The, the thing about all this stuff is like. I don't know. I don't want to just like crank the Homer level up to like 100 <laughs> uh, as I'm wearing a Mavs T-shirt right now. But let's say they in the, in the bubble, you know, they they play their in the eight game restart. They play four teams that are currently out of the playoffs. Then they also play Houston and Utah, and then they play the Bucks and the Clippers. So let's say they go five and three or six and two. I mean, let's just you know they could easily go two and six. Isaac, I'm not gonna like sit here and tell you that they're gonna win all these games. But let's just for the sake of this argument, let's say they go six and two and they move up to number six in the West and they face the Nuggets in the first round. Now I talked to Dwayne 
on Friday, uh, he was on uh, Mavs Daily with me, and he said that if they can avoid the Clippers, he would guarantee a win. And now Dwayne was just kind of feeling himself. We we're just hang- you know hanging out, having fun. Like you know, he didn't mean anything by that like bulletin board material or any of that stuff. But like, if they play the Nuggets or if they play the Jazz or the Rockets or the Thunder, I mean, it's it's possible that they could play any of these teams aside from the Clippers. If they play one of those teams, I mean. What do you th- let's put your expectations to the test. Would you be happy with one win and a, and a, and a series loss, or would you are you are, are, would you kind of let yourself get maybe a little carried away and say let's win this thing? Yeah, I mean, I for me, I just have to keep myself grounded with it. Of we made the playoffs for me, that's a success. I think you obviously want to to like miss out on playing the Clippers in the first round. I still think the Clippers are the best team in the league, and I think uh, I guess they're my my finals uh, pick. But um, but yeah, I mean, even playing against a team like Denver, they're going. Here's the thing: we're gonna sound like this is a first off. This is a, a podcast on for the team site. So if you are coming here expecting non biased stuff, I'm sorry. This, this <laughs> but whatever. I mean, still, still. You know. Um, but we all know, like, if Dallas plays anybody else besides the Clippers, they're gonna be the national pick for like the sexy un- upset pick. Like that Dallas will be that. And even guys like Zach Lowe for ESPN has already been touted Dallas. And even look at ESPN's like Kevin Pelton's like percentages and all this stuff of teams to make it to the second round, second round. Like Dallas is like a, they have a higher percentage in his calculations to like make it to the second round over like Utah or even like over Denver. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's crazy to think about it that way. But yeah, I mean, I think we'll all be excited going against a team like Utah or Denver over uh, the Clippers. And yeah, will I be, happy that they lose against them not happy but I would walk away saying this is still a success and uh I think you I think they could definitely take uh I think they could take anybody at this point anybody to a seven game series and and that's it I don't you can call me biased on that I don't care but I think they have the talent to take anybody to a seven game series but uh, I think obviously you face a, a, a guy like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the Clippers that's going to be a tougher matchup than Denver and Utah all right, so I kind of have a hypothesis here, and that hypothesis is this team has had degrees of success this season that are unusual to uncommon for young teams such as Dallas, right? They have, in some ways, they've outperformed ex- even the most optimistic of expectations. Now, they've also had losses and had games and performances where you're like, man, this team is like very clearly a couple years away from being legitimate so I want to do a little exercise and uh to choose our roles in this I'm going to flip this remote uh and the the objective of this exercise is we're going to embrace debate Isaac and one of us is going to state ah that was not the flip I just dropped it (laughs) one of us is going to state the case uh saying why the Mavericks will win a series Okay. And the other one is going to say why they will not. All right. Okay. Because I feel like you can easily make the case either way. Uh, yeah. Because I'm an optimist, the button side, we'll call it heads, will be they're going to win. And the okay. the bottom side is going to be they're going to lose. Uh, so, I, well, wait a minute. Okay, we're gonna flip for you. So if it's if it, whatever 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 result this remote gets is gonna be your side. All right. All right, sweet. Oh, this you're intense. you're gonna be the optimist. All right. Okay. You're gonna be the op. So let's start with me first because 
I don't want to end on a low note. I'm still looking forward to you uh, taking this route, by the way. So, okay, so here's why I think the Mavs might not be, or I guess maybe I'll frame it this way, like why I would kind of be like, all right, not all right, but why I would understand if they lose. Um, So you kind of have to learn to walk before you can crawl, or (laughs) I guess vice versa, right? You learn to crawl before (laughs) you can walk. Holy crap. Uh, This is water in my Yeti, by the way. You got you got to learn to crawl before you can walk. And you know, really throughout history, a lot of like the young and up and coming teams, they've maybe caught people by surprise in a series or two. Like for example, the Mavericks in 2001, uh, they won their first trip to the playoffs against the Jazz in 1984, their first trip to the playoffs as a franchise. They beat the Sonics who were a few years removed from winning the NBA championship, but those series went the distance and they were also five game series. So you only needed to win 3 times. I think it's going to be really tough for a young team with no playoff experience to find the find the answers in the bag to keep up with veteran teams who have been there, done that. And even though the Mavs have matched up well against Denver in the past, I feel like beating them four times in seven games is going to be really tough because the Nuggets do have that playoff experience. And playoff experience is so key, man. What you do one time that works, it's going to be really tough to make it work again and again and again, you have to make adjustments. You have to be able to find answers to new questions that the defense is going to pose, that the offense is going to pose. And I'm just not sure that Luca and KP in year one together, where they really only played, what, like 50 games or 45 games together uh, because of injuries, I'm not sure they have that level of chemistry needed to compete with teams that have been there and done that before. Um, now, would I be surprised if they won a series? No, not at all. I would, I would actually maybe feel confident picking them to win a series uh, if they get a, a favorable matchup, I guess more favorable than the Clippers. But I'm just really skeptical. Uh, well, for the sake of this argument, I'm really skeptical that a team that has no playoff experience really to speak of, especially among their best players, and even the supporting players who have, have really played like minor roles in few playoff series combined in their career I'm not sure that they can muster the answers and I've always been of the opinion that this season was always about setting up the future right just get to the playoffs and the playoffs will reveal your biggest flaws and they'll also highlight your biggest strengths I feel like the Mavs are going to have some flaws exposed that maybe they were aware existed but didn't know how serious they were and once they see all right we got to get better at this then they can go into the offseason kind of with a clean slate and say okay I know we need to get better at X, Y, and Z. Let's address that and regroup for next season. So I think next season is when I will be like, yes, they're absolutely going to win a series. This season, that is why I'm not sure that they can do it. But also, again, this was just for the sake of the argument, Isaac. Let the record show. And now I, 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 I give the floor to you. <laughs> I want to. I do want to say this about your setting up for next season. I know a lot of people throw out their um, comparisons with Luca and LeBron. Just, just their similar type of um, as far as a big point forward, all this stuff. I looked up LeBron's first few years in the league, and just to keep this in mind, his first season in the league, thirty-five wins, no playoffs. His second season in the league, forty-two wins, no playoffs. His third season in the league, fifty wins, and then he lost in. The, he did make the playoffs, lost in the second round. When you, if you want to do the comparisons of Luca's first few years in the league, he won 33 games last year in his rookie season, no playoffs. This season, the season that LeBron won 42 wins in, Dallas could hover around 42 wins, somewhere mid 40s, probably, and going to make the playoffs. Not saying he's obviously going to follow that. It's just 
to keep in mind our expectations of hey, he's a young star, but we can hold it. It takes a, a while too. So it, yeah, it, it takes, takes it takes a while. So okay, why Mavericks are going to win a series, maybe even against Denver? Well, it starts at the top. Every team, it's a duo league. I think you said this the other day. It's a duo league right now. Big three, get out of here. It's a duo league, and for the Mavericks, they have two of them. They have Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, and even taking a step further than that, stars advance in the playoffs. You have to have a, a superstar, and Dallas has Luka Doncic, a top ten player in the NBA, MVP type candidate. He, we've seen him on big stages before over in Europe. He can play on the big stages. He loves the bright lights. This is his, his time to shine. And then when you take it a step further and you look at this roster, when you have a duo, you have a guy like Luka, who, who do you want to surround Luka Doncic? You need high, like high shooting three point shooters. You have two 40% three point shooters, Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry. Then you have to have some defenders. You have Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi and DeLon Wright. You have KP holding down the paint. So everything, they can match up with almost everybody. They have the bullpen of centers. If somebody has a big guy, they have Bulbon to throw in. They could put KP at the five, stretch the floor out. And, I mean, I think they're second in the league in three-point attempts right now. They can Once they hit their shots and they get going, uh, they can beat anybody at that point. And the last point I want to say is they have Rick Carlisle. I mean, literally people call him the wizard and that's not um, for, yeah. I mean, there's a reason behind that. And he's one of the best uh, in the game at in-game adjustments. And you put Rick Carlisle with any roster in a playoff series, you know the other coach is uh, at least thinking about that a little more. So there you go. That's why Dallas is going to win a playoff series. It was a compelling case that you presented. I don't want to say that I won the argument because that would mean that I don't think they're going to (laughs) win. So uh, I'm going to give the victory to you, Isaac. I'm convinced. You convinced me. The Mavs are going to win a series. Anything less than a series win, colossal disappointment. No. I think uh, a a very realistic – and this is my realistic expectation. And this has been the case all season long. I want to get through 82 games, which is already – we will not do that, so that's too bad. But I want to get through 82 games where at the end of the regular season, Luka and KP are healthy and you are in the playoffs. I don't yeah. care what happens games 1 through 82. All I need to know is that game one of the first round, you got Luka, you got KP, and these guys are going to get experience, whether it's a win or a loss – Unless they win the championship this year, it doesn't really matter anyway, does it? If you're going to be like nihilistic about it the way that we are about rings. So all that matters is that they get experience. Anything else, anything above that is gravy, but they have to get the first experience. You got to do it the first time. There's going to be a first series no matter what. You're going to be an underdog no matter what. Even if they won 70 games, they probably – well. Maybe not. But if, if they won 50 games, they might be an underdog in the first round because they've never been there before. So you got to get the first one out of the way, learn from it, get better, and, and let's retool next year. Anything above that is fantastic. That's my realistic expectation, and it's been that way all season long since media day, since before that, since the KP trade last year. Get to the playoffs, get that experience. Yeah, and I think the, the question that's been uh, posed to me over the past few weeks is okay if they play the Clippers and get swept in the first round are you still going to be saying it was a successful season and I'm absolutely will I be disappointed that they don't win you know a game or two yeah well I'm like dang I at least want to win a couple but it's like you said they made the playoffs they're healthy that's the biggest thing and they get their toes wet they experience it they know what the playoffs is about 
and then bam, you come back next year with even higher expectations. Let's go, Isaac. I'm ready for some playoff basketball. Been a long time since we've gotten to see him in there. It's been four years, three seasons, but four years, since 2016. As a matter of fact, I was at that game in OKC when Russ and Katie eliminated the Mavs. I will not be there this year, most likely. Mm. I guess I could be. Who knows? But, uh, well, I definitely won't be in OKC this year. Uh, maybe I'll be in Orlando, but I'll, most likely I'll be in Dallas. But uh, either way, it's almost time, man. It is almost time. And we're going we're gonna to find out just how right or wrong we are on these expectations and on these hopes and dreams. Is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nope. Just enjoy the ride, guys, and uh, whatever playoff experience they get, let's just uh, have fun with it and uh, know that it's, gonna, it's only going to help them, not hurt them. Beautifully said. Beautifully put. We're two weeks away from the regular season beginning. Yeah, thereabouts. It'll be scrimmages in two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks from the games beginning to count. And then a couple weeks after that, we will be in the playoffs. It's very close. It's right around the corner. Thank you, Isaac, for joining me. Thank you at home or wherever you are are right now for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Maybe uh, leave a nice rating, a nice review of the podcast. Let us know some of the content you want to hear more of. we got a a lot of really cool stuff planned between now and and the restart. Some very good guests are going to come on. So hopefully you'll find something that will uh, kind of tickle your fancy a little bit, I guess, on uh, Mavs Daily. We're with you every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today is Monday, tomorrow, Tuesday. You know what that means. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and we will see you then on Mavs Daily.